0: Thank you for choosing this podcast. It's our pleasure to share with you the Word of the Lord. Proverbs 23.12 says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to the words of knowledge. Join us as Pastor Jim Blunt shares God's Word with the people at Christian Outreach Center in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. How many are ready for the Word? Say amen. 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 All right. Open your Bibles this morning. Isaiah 55 to start with this morning, title of this message, and let me just set the stage for it with this introduction, brief introduction, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? How many of you are ready for a change? How many of you are ready for God? (laughs) We want to talk about real change this morning, we want to talk about change that transforms, okay? We're going to talk about a refreshing. That's what we want to talk about. Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to lay a scriptural foundation for where I'm going, and then my remarks are going to be brief. Come, everyone who is thirsty. The King James says, Ho, everyone who is thirsty. There is even a song by that title in our old hymn books. Come to the waters, and you, without money, come buy and eat. Would like to go to a church like that. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Again, like to find a church like that. Why do you spend money on what is not food and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and you will enjoy the choicest of foods. Pay attention, and come to me. Listen, so that you will live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the promises assured to David, since I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. So you will summon a nation you do not know, And nations who do not know you will run to you. For the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. David began his ministry as a child. Young man. Anointed of God. Beloved, age has nothing to do with it. Has everything to do with he who has a heart for God. Look down to verse number 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways and your ways are not my ways. For as the heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 12. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Woo, I love that. Now, go with me. I could read more there, but let's go instead to Ezekiel. I've got two markers here, and I know one of them is wrong. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, and I want you to read with me verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. That was Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. Now look down to verse 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and He brought me out by His Spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, Prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I prophesied as I had been commanded. While I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Anybody scared yet? This hadn't scared the heebie-jeebies out of anybody yet? I mean, this is better than any horror movie you'll watch. This is better than Friday the 13th or Halloween or... Freddy Krueger or any of them idiots. This is in your Bible. This is in your book. Doesn't say that this was a vision. Doesn't say that this is a good story. He's recounting what happened here. While I was prophesying, he said. And then he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, saying to it, this is what the Lord God says. Breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet. A vast army. Wow. Well, that was a." Sign of what he was going to do in Israel. We know that. But now go to Zechariah, please, if you would. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel not by might, not, rather, not by strength, not by might, but how? By my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, What are you, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you will become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. One of the key verses for the theme of the assemblies of God is Zechariah 4.8. Not by might nor by power, But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, for our text for the day, since you have the foundation there, please go to Luke. I'm sorry, Matthew. Matthew chapter eleven. Matthew chapter eleven. Title of the message, of course, is Burned Out on Religion. I believe there are many in America that are burned out on religion. I also believe at the same time that there are many who are satisfied. So, let's see who you are today. Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'm reading now from the message translation. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Come keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Father God, this is your word, both Old Testament and New Testament. And you told us there in the Old Testament as you worked with Israel that Jesus was coming. You spoke of this age of the Spirit in which we now live. Jesus prophesied of it. Jesus purchased for us this experience of the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Father God, forgive us if we have taken the precious things of God and made them into a man-made Religion devoid of your presence, your power, and your love. Amen. Now, then, this morning, we see that Jesus says in the King James, Come unto me. This is another invitation. Last week, when we talked about uh, how that from Luke chapter 14, where Jesus told a parable of the feast, and invited people to come to the feast. And we said that they began to make excuses for not coming, though they had originally said they would come. We said that those were excuses for bad behavior, and the bad behavior there was rejecting Jesus. And rejecting His invitation to eternal life, rejecting His invitation to His presence at His banquet. Here we are again this morning, and Jesus is extending another invitation. Come unto me. Now, I want you to underscore, he didn't say, Come to church. I want you to underscore, he didn't say, Come to religion. He said, Come unto me. He is speaking to the people of Israel and others whom he has observed that are like those dry bones of Ezekiel. And many who are crying out the words of Isaiah. And many who are looking forward to the day of Zechariah. Come unto me at the end of chapter 11 in the Gospel of Matthews. It is very much related to what is said before in that chapter. Verse 25 Jesus thanks the Father for revealing to the simple and unlearned what has been hidden from the wise and the learned. What was that? What was that that God revealed to the simple and the unlearned? Matthew does not explain it. But Luke does. In Luke's parallel passage, he makes it clear that the return of the 70 disciples that Jesus had sent out on a missionary journey, when they came back, they came and they told Jesus, even the devils are subject to your name. And Jesus explained to them that what they had experienced was the power of the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, the sick were healed and demons were cast out. And they were greatly amazed that the demons obeyed them. Jesus said to them, Don't be glad because the evil spirits obey you. Rather be glad because your names are written in heaven. Luke ten eighteen. So the important thing Jesus said is not the miracle, but the fact that the kingdom of heaven has come and that you are now members of it. In casting out devils or demons in the name of Jesus, what was revealed in that was that the kingdom of God had come in the person of Jesus Christ. And they were now experiencing the power of it. That's what Jesus wanted them to get. The 11th chapter of Matthew begins with John the Baptist in prison. John sends his disciples to Jesus and asks, Are you the one who was going to come? Jesus answers, Go back and tell John what you are hearing and seeing. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are brought back to life, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now, these are all the signs that Jesus was the Messiah, and in Him a new age, a new age of the kingdom, God's kingdom had come. So then Jesus turns to the crowds in the early part of Matthew 11 and says, Why, what did you go out to see? When you went out to see John, what did you go out to see? A prophet. He said, did you go out to see a blade of grass shaken in the wind? Did you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes as you, as you would in the temple? No, he says, I tell you, you went out to see a prophet. And he said, yea, a prophet and more than a prophet. But he says, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Who is in the kingdom of God? You that are born again are in the kingdom of God. Then he begins to upbraid the cities where he had preached. He begins to prophesy against them and say to them, If the things that have been done in you were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, those people would have repented. May I say something to you? Jesus is no different today than he was then. He's a tough character. I don't know anybody really that doesn't respect Jesus. I mean, from the youngest to the eldest, most everybody I know respects Jesus. Jesus can at one instant be humble and meek and mild and at the next instant He can be angry and do things that seem totally out of character like this. What is Jesus saying? He has been rejected by The religious leaders of Israel. He has been rejected by a large portion of Israel. Because why? They are comfortable. They don't want to upset the apple cart. They are ruled by Romans. And everything is going pretty good. They're allowed to keep their temple worship. They're allowed to to go to their synagogues. And so don't upset the apple cart. In comes Jesus... And he is healing the sick. He is casting out devils. He is raising the dead. And folks, this isn't Sunday go to meeting church as usual. And it's upsetting the religious folks. You let one person in a dead church get full of the Holy Ghost and I guarantee you some old self-righteous so-and-so will get upset and go to the pastor and say to them, I think you ought to calm him down a little bit. Well, Jesus, after being rejected, and there's a whole lot more in this text, and I'm not going to be able to bring it all out. After being rejected, He turns from making His appeals to the religious leaders of Israel to the masses. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and following are a turning point in Jesus' ministry. It's a pivotal point. He turns from those who should have known who he was and those who should have had spiritual understanding to the masses and he says to them who are hungry and thirsty, come to me. He didn't say come to church. He didn't say come to the temple. He didn't say come to the synagogue. He said come to me. Now, Jesus is the only one that can say that. He's the only one that can say to you this morning, I have everything you need. I have everything you want. I am everything that you need in this life and the life to come. Jesus is the only one that can say that. And He says it Come unto me, He calls, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me. God takes the initiative to call us to himself. Isaiah said, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You see, God's grace is free. Come, buy without money. We cannot come to God until God calls us to himself. We cannot know God without being known of God. He calls us. Remember in Hosea when he said, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. But the more I called Israel, the farther they went from me. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking him by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. I will not carry out my fierce anger nor devastate Ephraim again. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. God loves Israel as His own child. And there is a certain note of sadness and sorrow in God's voice here. It is God's love which compels Him to call us back again and again. The people who feel self-sufficient in their lives have no need for God. And so they don't hear this call. The call of God is addressed to the weary, the overburdened, those who long for deliverance, those who long for the help of God. God calls them that they might respond. And they do respond. Only those who are willing to surrender everything to God and depend on God for everything can hear God's call and respond. This explains why we see in America today such deadness in our churches and in Christians preoccupied with the things of this world and doing some type of favor for God by attending a service once a week that lasts no more than 45 minutes to an hour but when the Holy Spirit moves they flee why because they don't want that they are self-sufficient satisfied God is not calling them if you are wasting your time on them Forget it. God is not calling them. God is calling the hungry. Those who are knowledgeable of their own weakness and frailty and their need. God's calling to them. Come, come. And they will come. And they will look for those wells of living water where they can be refreshed. See, when Jesus says, I will give you rest... Do not interpret that as being repose. He's not saying pull up your recliner and get the remote. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying I'm going to pad your pews. What he's saying is I will refresh you. That's what it means. In the Bible, two words are used for this word rest. One does mean like the eternal rest in heaven... But this word means refresh. So what he's saying is, I will refresh you for further things to come, further service, further activity. In other words, when you are burned out, when you are at the end of your rope, when you have no more uh, energy, when you have no more resources, when, when you are just to that point where you say, God... I need you. God says, come. I can refresh you. I can give you something that you can't get from the doctor. I can give you something that you can't get from the counselor. I can give you something that you cannot get anywhere else. I can refresh you. Now there are those who think they have a spiritual corner on this. There are those who are very keen at discerning what is lacking in the church. And they are quick to criticize and quick to point out certain things. Let me just say to you, if that's you, whether you're in this sanctuary or outside of this sanctuary. Abraham Lincoln said, He has a right to criticize that has a heart to help. Beloved, I don't care how full of the Holy Ghost you claim that you once were or that you are now. I don't care how much discernment you claim to have. If all you know how to do is criticize a preacher or a church, let me tell you this. You need to have a heart to help or shut up. You need to get under the load involved with it or shut up. Now, that, that's tough. That's a little bit of tough love from humble Pastor Jim to you this morning. Some people say, well, there's a controlling spirit there. Yes, there is. There's a controlling spirit in the churches that are full of the Holy Spirit. I know that spirit by name. I know him personally. His first name is Holy. I often speak to issues in churches, but friends, I'm willing to get down and get dirty with you. I'm willing to get involved with it. I don't stand aloof and afar off and criticize others. I get involved with it. There are many out there that have quit church, they've given up on church, burned out. Don't throw rocks at the church. Don't throw rocks at the preachers. Get in there and pray. Get in there and work. And if you can't do that, then go to another church. You know? God's got a big kingdom. There are plenty of churches for you to go and share your expertise and straighten them out. As you seem to have all the answers and know everything, great discernment. Be blessed in your going. I'll pray for you, you pray for me. Whatever church it is, whether it be this church or another church, it makes no difference. He who has he who, critic, he who has the right to criticize is he who has a heart to help. What am I saying here about this invitation? Beloved, the world of the lost people out there need us to reflect this freshness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't need to hear about your church fight. I work every day with Some of these pastors in this community, I work every day with some of their church members. Pastors, you need to get out of your office. Pastors, you need to get out there where the people are working on the jobs. Pastors, you need to get out there and make some tents. And see how the people who come to your church actually live beyond the four walls of the church. Can anybody here say amen? You need to hear what they think about your sermon last Sunday. You need to hear what they feel about your big structures and buildings and all the offerings you take. You need to understand the hunger. You need to understand that some of them are literally starving to death. They're going on borrowed energy they're crying out in their prayers God is this all there is is it just going to church three days a week or three times a week God is this all there is I read in the Bible about the freshness and the presence and the power and the miracles and the signs and wonders but where where is this God where is this God Where is this God who promises refreshing, who promises us living water? Where is this God? Are you burned out? Are you to the point of desperation? Good. Good. You're right where God can do something for you. Let us stop criticizing if, if those of you who once knew the revival and the presence of God are not seeing it where you are right now, don't criticize, but fall on your face before God. You know what God said His house should be called? Somebody say it. My house shall be called a house of prayer. I heard one preacher say, Jim, he said, you know, if I had a concert and sold tickets for 10 or $20 and I had a big name music group come, I could fill the house. But Jim, if I call a prayer meeting, I'll do well to get a handful of people to show up. What is it with us? Do we not understand that prayer, individual prayer, not, not collective prayer, yes, is very important. And it's important for us to all come out and pray on Saturday night. But individual prayer is what starts at a hunger for God in our individual lives. That's where it starts. The Saturday night prayer, the Wednesday night service, the Sunday service is but a reflection. One preacher said, I know what is going to happen on Sunday by what happens in the prayer meeting. That's pretty interesting. I know what's going to happen on Sunday by what happens in the prayer meeting. That's, 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 that's awesomely different than what we hear in most arenas today. They need us, church. They need us to bring to the marketplace where we live, where we work, this freshness, this this excitement, this joy of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. If you are burned out, you need a refreshing. You need to get with God in your personal devotional prayer life, and in the prayer meeting on Saturday night and in the worship service on Sunday morning and say, God, I am burned out on religion. I need something from you because I am working with with people every day who are hurting, who are sick, who are looking for the real thing, and all I've got to offer them is do you want to come to my church? No, they don't want to come to your church because you're dead. Sorry about that. Ouch. Why would I want to eat them leftovers you're serving up? I want something fresh. I want something from God. I want somebody that's heard from God today. I want somebody that knows God. When I want somebody to pray for me, I want somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. I don't want to take it and put it on a little card for a bunch of people to sprinkle some holy water on. today. That's all but disappeared from our churches. If people pray a little bodacious and, and bold, people go "Woo!" <laughs> They're afraid of it. They're afraid. I'm telling you this is the day and the time when the fire of God is going to fall on those who are hungry and those who want it. He's coming, church. He's coming. And He's coming in power. Just like on the day of Pentecost, He's looking for a people who are not so mealy-mouthed that they won't stand up and say, Listen, I'm not into religion. I'm not into your denomination. I'm not into the criticizing of this one or that one. But I am into an experience that I'm having with God. And it's awesome. Can I tell you about it. Give me one person, one person with a burning experience of God, and I'll shake this church and this community. Wesley said it right. He said, God, give me 100 men that fear nothing but sin and love nothing but Jesus. And with these I will shake the world. I'd say God gave him those hundred men, don't you? We are the salt and the light. They need to see us. They need to see in us. The freshness of having just come from the presence of God. They don't need to know how great your preacher is. You don't need to know about your TV show. They don't even need to know about your Facebook. What they do need when they're close to you, they sense that they are in the presence of God. That's what they need. Without you saying a word. When the disciples were quizzed in the book of Acts, it says they took note of them, or they noted that they had been with Jesus. Tell them what happened to you when God's presence came on you. Ho, everyone that is thirsty. Jesus said, Come to me. Come to me. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for God? God comes to those who are humble, who are hungry, who are thirsty. You know what? I didn't read the rest of my Scriptures. Quickly, let me read them. John 7. John 7.37 If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me. Are we getting this yet? That Jesus and Jesus alone through the power of the Holy Spirit can refresh us. God, we need this. God, we need this. Come to me and drink. The one who believes in me as the Scripture has said will have streams of living water flow Deep within Him, and I should say, out of Him. (laughs) God is so good. I am so glad that God is not religious. I am so glad that He's not into religion. I am so glad that no matter where I go, when I find those few people who truly hunger for God... I can have a ball. Let me read to you the last word. Shall I? The last word. Here it is. Sounds familiar. Revelation 22, verse number 12. Look, I am coming quickly. King James says, Behold. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to what he has done. Now, that should cause some folks listening to me right now to fall on their knees and repent and change their ways. It's not Jim Bunch that's going to judge you, friend, it's Jesus Christ. He reads you like a book. You can make all the excuses you want but when you stand when he comes in that day and you stand before him you can't say well you know what that church did this to me or and 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 those of you that are holding bitterness in your heart and I'm speaking not just to those inside these four walls or even in this city but I'm reaching way beyond this 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 city and I'm saying to some people those of you that have have ought against churches or and you've held it in your heart for years listen to me you better get rid of that stuff you better get rid of that stuff God's coming God's coming I am the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last the beginning and the end blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city of the gates, by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you. For the churches... I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Now get this. John says in response to those very words of Jesus, this is what he says. Both the Spirit and the bride say, Come. In other words, the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus sent, says to us today, Come. The bride is the church. Come. Anyone who hears should say, Come. Are you hearing me? Then you should be saying to those that are burned out on religion, Come to Jesus. Oh, what a refreshing thing. Come to Jesus? Do you believe? Do you believe this morning, church, that He can do this? That He can heal, save, deliver, fill, refresh? Do you believe that this morning, church? And the one who is thirsty should come. Whoever desires should take the living water as a gift from Old Testament to the conclusion of the New Testament there is one resounding theme come 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 to Jesus come to Jesus for salvation Come to Jesus for forgiveness of your sins. Come to Jesus, you backsliders. Come to Jesus, those who have have rebelled and went their own way. Come to Jesus. To those who have been plodding along, hungry and thirsty... Saying, God, is this all there is? Or, God, where are you? God, I once walked with you and I once experienced you in such freshness and such joy. But, oh God, it's dry. It's dry. It's a barren land. Come to Jesus. Maybe you've been looking to the church. Maybe you've been looking to a preacher. Maybe you've been looking to this or that or music or a music group or whatever. But you haven't come to Jesus. Jesus. Can you imagine this morning if I had the ability to stand up here and say to you that are in this place, I have A glass or a jar or a vase or a vase and it's filled with such miraculous liquid elixir that if you drink this, it will just make you feel twenty years younger. Now for those of you that aren't twenty, just do the math and divide it up and, oh, well, whatever you want. Maybe for you, you'd want to feel older, huh? For those of you that are under the age of, say, 15, you might want to feel 20 years older. Trust me, you don't. If I had that in my hands this morning, And I could say, it's free. Anybody who wants it, just come and take a drink. Do you suppose there would be one single person in this room this morning that would say, yeah, well, you know, Jim, nah, I don't think so. I don't really need that. Nah, I don't think so. I think every one of us, if there existed such a fountain of youth We would rush to it, wouldn't we? Because people every day across this land do just that. It doesn't exist. But what does exist is what I have seen in people of 70, 80 years of age, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy, filled with freshness of life. and vitality that in spite of their age in spite of their frailty in spite of their disability had such a full life I have seen children as young as five or six years of age filled with the Holy Spirit joy and excitement of God So what is it then? The the call is to those who are hungry. So I say to you this morning, as Randy and the team comes back to minister, as Jesus would say, sort of think of it this way. Jesus couldn't be here in the flesh this morning, so He sent me as His ambassador to say to you, the invitation is still good. And the blessing is still available. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty for more of God, for refreshing, then come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Because He is coming to you right now. He's not standing afar off. He's coming to you. Everyone that knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior in a current relationship with God, would you please stand to your feet? burned out on religion I'm told that the temple in Jesus' day was an awesome sight to behold it was gorgeous it was beautiful it was massive it was awesome but you know what you didn't find Jesus there. You know where you found Him? Out there on the street. That's where you found Him, in the home. That's where you found Him. So this morning I say to you, if you've been hungry, would you let me pray for you? I have prayed for this service. I have prayed over this message. And I'm not promising you anything this morning but the presence of God. That's all. But friend, if that's not enough, then I don't know what is. I can tell you that I have a current relationship with Him. And I can tell you that He has brought me here with this message. And He's given me this instruction pray for you that are hungry what will that do Jim what, what, what will that do two things two things your admission of your need is primary and important your admission of your need if we don't begin there nothing else matters Secondly, your obedience to the instructions of the man who's been talking to God on your behalf. So we're going to worship. And those who would just like me to anoint you and pray for you. For a refreshing. For a refreshing. It it can happen right here this morning in this altar can happen as you leave this building and head on your way. It can happen at home. I, you know what? I really pray that God sweeps in on you and invades you and just absolutely overwhelms you and you say, oh, please, 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 don't say that. <laughs> on your job. On your job. Is that okay? that okay, brother? You're a first-time visitor. You say it's okay. Is that okay, Reggie? You sure now? now? Don't 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 just say that to be kind to me because it could happen to you, man. I don't know where you work, but Adam, is that okay? What down there on the security, you know, standing there in that uh, books a million as a security guard, God just hits you, boom, and you lay flat out on the floor. Is that okay? I mean, just soaking up the wonderful presence of God. That's what you know. In heaven, church, we're not going to have pews and we're not going to have buildings. There's no need of them. The main focal point of heaven is Jesus soaking up the presence of God. We need to get ready for that by taking time down here to bask in the presence of God. I've seen people shout. I've seen people jump. I've seen people run. I've seen people cry. I've seen people laugh. I've seen people fall. And I've seen people just sit. Sit still in the awesome, awesome presence of God. I am talking about what Jesus said. Come to me. If you're burned out on religion, come to me. Come to me, Jesus said. Forget all that junk. Come to me. I'm going to be right here praying for people. And we anoint with oil, which is only a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It has no power in and of itself. It represents the Holy Spirit. I'm going to anoint people this morning. And I'm going to pray for you that you experience a refreshing. A refreshing. Okay? Pastor Randy, lead us.